What's up, Mets fans? Back at you from City Field, Orange and Blue Thing, Season 4, Episode 8. It's crazy to think that the Mets have only played six games, but 10% of their se- regular season is already finished. I am Darren Meehan. It feels That's Pete like McCarthy. More. It feels like it they already feel- had like six seasons. Well, you know why? Because uh, <laughs> we're banging our heads against the wall last night watching a game that was easily winnable. I mean, look at look at the, the past six games. The Mets could easily be 5-1 and one after what happened on Saturday, what happened last night. But sure. that is the game of baseball. They are not 5-1. and one. They are 3-3. Three and three. <sighs> How you feeling, Pete? I'm I'm Okay. I'll tell you what, this week, I know for me personally, it has been great. 7 o'clock, you know you have baseball. You have something to to lock into, uh, you know, a lot going on, moving tomorrow. Uh, so it's been, it's just been great. 7 o'clock, boom, sit down, grab the course lights, whatever, and uh, and check out some baseball and, and care about something else. I mean, it's only so much Netflix you can watch after a while. It's been I, Look, there are a lot of problems with baseball coming back because we know what's going on with the Marlins and then the Phillies and a lot of other teams have been uh, affected off of that, including the Yankees, obviously, with the schedule change. But it has been great. I know, at least for me, my personal experience, having baseball back. Oh, it's always good to have something, a, a constant in your life. And and now that, you know, like you said, people have been picking up different hobbies or different uh, habits or things that they may be doing to fill to bridge the gap over the past four months plus because you put the regular off season and then, you know, the spring training, then the pause, then the summer camp or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, having something back every single day is comforting. And, and no matter how much you want to bash your head against the wall after a rough loss like last night you're still gonna at 6 30 tonight be like oh, let's, let's pop on the pregame let's let's uh let's watch the game at seven o'clock so you know it, it, but it is crazy to think that 10 percent is already down it's yeah. like Dude, the, this is going to be a fast season and these games do matter now to some degree they matter a little less because half the teams are making the playoffs but you lose a game, it's like losing a series every time out. And and to some degree, it has felt that way. Like, right, you watch 162 games, and, and you flip out the first games early on in the season, and then by the time you get to August, you can't even remember what happened in April, right? right? You remember, like, the home opener, and that's about it. This, though, you can overreact because it's, it's true. Like, it is going to matter all that much more, especially – we don't even know if all these teams are going to get 60 games in. Right, right, right. right. And the Marlins probably aren't going to play 60 games this year. So, you know, that could be the case for a lot of these teams where, hey, maybe you only get in 50. I don't, you know, who knows what the the weeks ahead have in store. I feel like a lot of this is like, oh, let's make it up as, as we go along. Because, you, you know, what? the way it, <laughs> the way, well, you know, the way the world's going, the way that things are happening. Well, everybody's doing that. You got to right? get it in. So it's. Yeah, well, I think what they said, if the Marlins don't play as many games as the rest of the of the league, it would go by winning percentage and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Now they're talking about double headers will be seven inning games. There's going to be a lot of just let's see what works, let's get these games in and and, and try to see what happens. But um, you know, that's why we we brought up a couple of weeks ago, or I think it was last week, whatever. When last week actually, uh, Stroman when Stroman was was saying, yeah, it's not a he said minor setback or whatever he said, but yeah. it, there is no minor setbacks right now. No, if you're missing three weeks, that's that's a big, big. chunk of what's happening. Big. Uh, how about David Peterson stepping in, essentially Stroman's spot, yeah. and dealing against a really good Red Sox lineup? That was that was great to watch. I mean, to make your major league debut, to do it at Fenway Park, you had the backstory of having been drafted by the Red Sox out of high school. And, yeah, it's maybe not the way you dream. Your family can't be there in the crowd. You have nobody there, essentially. But uh, to go out and shut down that offense and J.D. Martinez in your major league debut, earn a victory at a time where none of these starters are going deep enough into games to get wins, uh, that's that's really impressive stuff from the first-round pick. Well, it's one of those things, too. You're watching the game, and his first pitch almost hit the backstop, and his second pitch almost <laughs> cleared the Green Monster. But uh, yeah, great yeah. assist by, I think it was J.D. Davis playing left field that night mm-hmm. to, to uh, gun down the runner at, at second base there. But, yeah, yeah, he, smooth, he, he uh, you know, settled in nicely. He was the first Met since 2015 to win his debut. So it's nice. It's, it's nice to see someone, uh, someone young get a crack and uh, come in and uh, hopefully thrive because – we need it. Oh, they we, need him. Yeah. We need it. We need it big time. Uh, how about needing uh, a guy to um, start hitting some bombs? Cespedes got off to an immediate, well, I'm not going to say hot start because he struck out like nine times since, but <laughs> he got a home run on the opening day, and it was the, the run that counted. We needed it. That He won the game. It was great. Look, I, this is what you're going to get out of Cespedes at least initially. Dude hasn't had a competitive at bat in two years. Like, if you watched opening day, uh, his first two at bats – 
he looked like a guy that hadn't had a competitive at bat in a while. He struck out, I believe, the first time. Then the second time, he had a little check swing ground ball. And yeah, he looked overmatched. But that's something he can still do. When he connects, the ball is going to fly out of the park. So at least initially, you might be looking at Cespedes as being a guy who you know, hits 220 but has seven bombs at the end of the month. Yeah. And then you hope by the time you get to September – he is now in a groove again, and then maybe you start getting the guy that we know can dominate in the middle uh, middle of a lineup. Even Alonzo, too. You know, I think all the hitters, they're behind the pitchers. They haven't been able to see and really have competitive at-bats in a while. Like You could have the intra-squad games here, but it's, it's not the same as a full spring training. Typically right, right, in right, April, right, right. the hitters are behind the pitchers anyway. And so I, I think it's going to take a while for the bats to really – ramp up for everybody uh, even if you do still have the home runs and the ball is juiced and all that stuff to really have good at bats it's gonna take a little bit well pete did uh, i think pete's uh i don't know if it's tough to say someone's pressing i mean last night he went four for four but it does look like he's maybe trying a little bit too hard but we'll see everyone's got to get back in their groove but uh it's funny now that there's no fans in the stands besides the cardboard cutouts uh there's a lot more opportunities for the uh the mets amazing memorabilia uh site to uh, auction off some stuff. So I just showed this to you. I don't know if anyone at home has uh, taken a look at this yet, but uh, the uh, Mets memorabilia Twitter account here posted that they have uh, Cespedes' first home run of 2020 up as an auction. And you know what's crazy, too? It's uh, three games straight. He had a home run. But um, <laughs> this over the course of three different stints. Yeah, right. And he played that one game at Yankee Stadium after he's out for a month or two. If you would like this ball... It is up right now for over $1,200. That's a lot of bucks for uh, just a random home run, isn't it? Uh, is, is it, it a random home run? It is first home run of, back during this area. I guess it's a sense. historic game. It's going to be a game that everyone remembers. And uh, I look forward to say 20 years from now when somebody says, I was at that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you have a story behind that baseball. And yeah. it was, I mean, that was a fun moment. Right, the Mets weren't hitting. It's another one of these Jacob Degrom starts, and they can't get anything going, and then bang! Yeah, I take it back. I take it back. It is it is an important ball, not important ball, but it is it is pretty monumental. Same thing. It has a story. I mean, that's what you want, right? You want to be able to tell a story with whatever your memorabilia is. So you take someone around your man cave, your basement, right, and they say, "Oh, what is this ball?" And then you give a little story. This baseball will have a story to it. So I I get why. It would have some value to people. How about that first pitch from Fauci on Thursday night? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I tweeted Fauci sent, which actually got a bunch of traction there. But uh, Darren Ravel, who's a sports business reporter, I don't know who he works for now, but he wrote something on Twitter a couple days ago um, that the Topps baseball card of the yeah. Fauci first pitch ha- is Topps' most popular baseball card in the history of their, like, um, it's not like an on-demand, but it's like those special cards that come out. Yeah, I think they call it Tops Now, if uh, if I remember correctly. And and not only is it the most popular card, by it far. is by a ton. I, I I know the Bartolo Colon home run was one of their top sellers years ago. As so Mets fans are maybe familiar with what Tops does now, but yeah, they have these cards that instantly become available and fifty-one thousand. Wow. That's a lot of freaking baseball yeah, cards. By now. Well, I guess it, it was uh, for a limited time. I'm not sure if you could still purchase them. But, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing for such a terrible throw. Yeah, the horrible. <laughs> like, and I saw he a is, what, of, 78, to, yeah, to be fair? Yeah, but I saw a bunch of people <laughs> writing on, on the Internet. Like, if you know that you can't do it, it's tough to say that you agree to it. Why would you agree to it if you know you really can't do it? Well, what made me snicker is – you know, he's an intelligent man, right? We, we all agree on that. But apparently when he was practicing, he he couldn't go to like a baseball field. So he, I guess, guessed what 60 feet would be. <laughs> and he thought he was throwing from 60 feet. And then when he got out onto the, the mound, was at the on the field, he's like, oh, I practiced way off. Like, <laughs> he must be thrown from like 30, 40 feet. But and even, then it, it looked daunting for him to have to throw the baseball that far. He didn't even throw it straight 30 feet, though. It's a, you know, whatever. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you can't take it too seriously. We've talked about first pitches before on the show, and it's it's uh, it's an honor to have. And, uh, you know, I guess you can't say no, but whatever. Well, I think that was a thrill for him. 
Well, he's a big baseball fan. So to have the opportunity to throw out the first pitch on opening day, I, 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 I'm sure it was a thrill for him. Well, not turning uh, that down. Absolutely not. So I don't know if, we, if you're drinking, but it. I am going to uh, have my last. Well, you know what? I keep saying it's like you're not gone. You're, you're, yeah. the, the, the show is yours to have if you come back. You know what I mean? It's kind of like <laughs> I got to piece together the next eight weeks or whatever it is. You know, I've been uh, co-hostless for in the past, and it has happened where I had to, you know, string things along and piece things together until last year you and I hit the ground running. But uh, it's it's. Uh-oh. It's bad luck. Not on the so, equipment. Cheers. cheers. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you missed the beginning of the show, Pete is moving to North Carolina tomorrow. And, um, you know, see if things work out, if, if whatever. I, I'll let you. Yeah, it's a temporary. You know, it's Airbnb. Right. I, don't know, I shouldn't call it temporary. Like, I would think we're going to stay down there. But we're going to kind of dip our toe in the water, try it out, and see what happens. And if you don't. Next we, year, season five, opening yeah, day, then you're right back up. You're back on here. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next eight weeks or whatever it is until the end of the baseball season, but I'll figure it out. Um, but anyway, well, you could do the show anywhere. So you could be doing the show from uh, various ballparks across the country that are empty inside. <laughs> we'll see. I I, I like the I, I love being here. I love seeing City Field. I, I like the train going by and the, and the planes flying overhead. Mm-hmm. But I. Uh, you know, we'll see. I think that uh, being out on Long Island makes a lot of sense. It's easier than me driving back and forth, but we'll figure it out. But anyway, like you said, the show is mobile. This freaking mobile hotspot I picked up has been a godsend over the past uh, month now. It's stronger than my internet at the warehouse for some reason. I was in New Hampshire last weekend. I was uh, streaming the show on my laptop and working from the, the Easy Up tent in, at, the, at the motocross track. So that thing is great. It's worth every penny. But uh, I'm getting sidetracked here. Coors Light, thank you very much for the cold beers. Uh, Pete and I thoroughly enjoy them. And I want to let you guys know about Coors Light's website. They got uh, get.coorslight.com. You type in your address, and you can get beer delivered to anywhere. So I actually just typed in the warehouse address here. If I wanted to, I can get beer delivered today after 10 a.m. It's already 10, 15 a.m., but uh, very awesome, very cool. Definitely check them out. Coors Light, hit reset and chill Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. We thank you very much. And when if I get to North Carolina, I'm going to have a second refrigerator, and that could just be the Coors Light fridge now. I could load it up. Yeah, ready. I've been having like mini fridges that you have in these apartments. They're they're you know you, you can only jam so much in these things, but now the beer fridge. Yeah, now yeah, I could have a a Coors Light fridge. They probably have the Coors Light fridges. We'll see if they'll mail you. Mail you well, I did. Well, I had one like a little mini fridge. I one at a was bar. it branded? Oh, really? Yeah, it was Coors Light branded. Yeah, so that. That came in handy a little bit, but we didn't use it as much as we probably should have. All right, guys, if you're watching, Coors Light, if you're watching, mail uh, mail Peter Fridge. (laughs) Uh, So as we do each week, we have a share contest, and last week's share contest was for free Met stuff from the 7-Line, and it's very easy to enter. If you're watching now, right now on Facebook, all you have to do is click the share button, and then later on when we randomly select one, there's a whole list of names. So it's very easy to do. Just click the share button. It could even be on the replay. It does not have to be on the live. If you're watching on Twitter, same deal. Just click retweet on this video, and um, same thing, automatically in the running. And on Instagram, it's super easy. So a lot of people that listen afterwards uh, as, a, as a podcast, and we get thousands of downloads. So I tell people, listen, you're not – we don't have a, a podcast winner each week, but you can go after the fact and do this. So you can go share the show or whatever. And um, Instagram, we don't get that many people commenting that they want the free stuff. Hmm. So if you want your best chance to win, probably Instagram is the way to go. So all you got to do, just like last week, if you're watching the show right now, go on Instagram and write that you want free Coors Light Met stuff. Because our friends at Coors Light hooked us up with some really cool stuff here that I'm showing you guys off right now if you're watching live. If you're listening afterwards, pop on the uh, the uh, the, pod, the visual show afterwards. So we got a Mets hat with Coors Light on the side. That's very cool. This co-branded Mets T-shirt. Mets across the front with the racing stripe and Coors Light on the back. And last but not least, well, also this these koozies. And last but not least, this awesome flag. I got three of these, so we're going to give these away as well. I don't know if you can even see that. I just covered myself up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff to give away this week from Coors Light. So share the show or comment on Instagram 
that you want free Coors Light Met stuff, and uh, we will pick three people to win next week. But last week's winners, let's get to that. On Twitter, we got at KMCarroll8 on Facebook, Patrick Jara, and on Instagram, Elvis Cage. And I do know Elvis. Elvis is a great friend, and uh, he DJs out of this thing whenever we have tailgates. So there is no, uh, you know, you can be a friend and still win. It's all done at random. So thanks to you guys, and uh, I'll contact you today after the show, get your address, and mail you some free stuff. So, um, Bada bang. You've done a lot of broadcasting, obviously, in your in your career, and, um, you know, times are pretty crazy with the way that uh, they have to operate. So yeah. Gary, Keith, and Ron are here. Howie and Wayne are here. Howie and Wayne are doing the show off of television. So just, you know, the guys are, the broadcast booth is as well. But it's probably pretty difficult for everyone involved to paint the picture of what's going on at the ballpark besides just the gameplay. Like normally they'll talk about, things they're seeing and things that are happening in the ballpark yeah, and they're getting be, none uh, of that you can't describe the clouds <laughs> right right <laughs> when you're you know like bob murphy used to always uh talk about the the, the cumulus cr- clouds and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah you can't be can't be doing that when you don't have all of that information watching on a screen uh, i haven't had an opportunity to listen to the radio broadcast yet but you know howie wayne they make do and they uh i have read reviews i suppose from people just talk about how nice it's been to have the baseball radio broadcasts back and to be able to listen to them and and to some degree it's almost better to to listen to it uh right now with the lack of a crowd and and some of those other things now the tv broadcast i think it's amazing what they've been able to do and especially gary keith and ron i i didn't watch last night's game terribly closely but i did two nights ago and you wouldn't really know that they weren't at the ballpark. And not only that, they have to work off of Nesson's yeah, broadcast. Yeah. Now, they have two cameras that they are able to control and cut to, which is why I think you saw a lot of David Peterson beyond the fact that that was the story that night. Uh, you know, they I, I don't know how they coordinate all of that specifically, but it, it really is amazing because it felt like a Mets broadcast besides, you know, the – the graphics when a guy's coming up for the second time in the game and it gives the the stats what they did in the last at bat at the bottom you can tell that's not SNY's graphic but otherwise it was pretty seamless and enjoyable to watch and it it worked uh, so that, you know all the credit in the world to, to SNY to Gary Keith and Ron uh, I would think it would be harder to stay engaged for three four hours like if you get a really long game especially as time goes on to stay focused just watching tv monitors for that long a period of time maybe that will become difficult but uh you know that's that's kind of the challenge for everybody to adjust to whatever the situation is i was listening on sunday on my way back from new hampshire on the radio and like you said i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't have known the difference uh those guys are pros and and they do a great job obviously we're so lucky with the whole broadcast team that we have on both radio and tv radio was just ranked I, I don't know if it was number two or three, but top three by the athletic radio broadcasts in all of Major League Baseball. The Giants were number one, and the Giants also the top TV broadcast, and Gary, Keith, and Ron, I think, were two. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, the, the whole history of the Mets, the broadcasters have probably been the brightest part of it besides right, right, right. the World Series wins, right? Well, I'm not sure, but you know, Sunday's game was Sunday night's game was brutal, and it was on ESPN, so we didn't have Gary, oh. Keith, and Ron to comfort us through that uh, that shellacking. But um, you know, listen to Chipper. Yeah, well, you know, you are there is a way for you to be able to sync it up, so you could get the MLB at bat app, start listening to the the booth, and then press pause or whatever for a certain amount of seconds, and then start your television, and you can listen to our guys over the ESPN broadcast and. Uh, why you'd want to um, – well, I don't want to poop on ESPN too much, but I don't think anyone really would select them over any of our guys ever. The thing with the national broadcast, and this goes in general, it's not for you. Right. It, it's not about the Mets. It, they know as much about the team, if not less than a diehard fan would. So, And, and these Sunday night baseball broadcasts, the idea isn't to sell the game because – you're not necessarily going to be interested in watching Cardinals-Cubs if you're a Mets fan. 
but they so it becomes a variety show essentially right you have guests in the middle of the game they're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the game just things that happen over the course of the week it's not about the game itself it's its own show and so that's why it drives everybody nuts uh, i think with the the broadcast but it's not it's not suited to mets fan uh, mets fans like the SNY broadcast that no, we're makes all sense. accustomed to. And I, I, I sat down with Howie last year. Um, little and you inter- have to listen to Larry. <laughs> little interview we did, and uh, it played on Orange of Blue thing. And I, I talked to Howie about that. Like, what's, how is it to broadcast, uh, you know, for a team that you really care so much about? He's been a Mets fan his whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wayne grew up in Chicago. I'm pretty sure he liked the Cubs. But yes. we all know that. Uh, how he was a Mets fan, and and you know he said years ago it was probably frowned upon to have like a rooting interest in the game that you're broadcasting. But now we have such a strong connection to these guys because they have a rooting interest. So that's why I feel like we gravitate more towards Howie and Gary Cohen because of their roots. They're from here, and their know? frames of reference are our frames of reference, right? They can call back a game from 1972 just yeah. like that uh how he can go on his rant of uh, george stone starting in the the world series and you know have that ready to go and you feel it as young howie watching this whole thing unfold and uh you know that is all great to have as as part of it to have that background and again if you grew up a fan of another team you can't reference all those things that you grew up with and but with Howie and Gary, they have an encyclopedic knowledge yeah. of this Mets franchise because they've cared about this franchise their whole lives. So let me ask you, with the the broadcast, I mean, I, I like that, um, you know, when there's nothing really going on, there's no hits, there's no one pushing the button for the fake crowd noise. You have they, they have like that track of just like rumbling in the background. I like that. I like that when there's nothing going on, you hear... Like they, uh, I guess some, I don't know what they came up with, but a bunch of people chattering or whatever. It's yes. not. It's like a rumbling in the back. It's a background, like a white noise. But what do you think about like the, the strikeouts and 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 like that? Do you? I are you into it? I haven't noticed it as much on the Mets broadcast, but watching some other baseball games, I did. Like I was watching Giants Padres the other night, and it's the fifth inning, three two count, not even two outs, and you could tell they like pumped up the crowd noise. I'm like guys. It's game five of the season. It's the fifth inning. Nobody is, like, getting up or making a bunch of noise for a 3-2 count with nobody on base in this spot. So sometimes you're like, dial it back a little bit. Like, it should be subtle, and if you do it well, you don't notice it. Uh, And, you know, you could ride it, I think, in the eighth and ninth innings a little bit, but, like, come on. (laughs) Fifth inning, nobody on it. Three, two count. Oh, yeah, the crowd would be into this. No, they would not. Not not for a regular season game. So when they they juice it up a little bit too much – it's bad. Are they going to do that? And I know hockey is starting. By, last night, I think the Rangers and Islanders played together. And tonight, NBA starts back up. Are they doing it for that? Are I, they... I'm not sure what the, the plan is for those broadcasts. Um, you know, what's interesting with baseball is it's not only on the broadcast. It's not like they just pipe it in for the TV. It's actually ambient sound at the ballpark. And part of the design is so that the opposing team can't hear like a meeting at the mound and, and things of that nature and to give the players maybe a little extra juice or comfort in in what's happening um I, i'm not sure if the, that fan feel would be as necessary for sports like the nba and the nhl i mean it's the the microphones are definitely picking up on a bunch of stuff jeff mcneil swears more than i thought he did <laughs> and uh well, jd davis Baker, uh, yeah. the other day getting after uh, the, the Dodgers reliever is yeah, escaping yeah. me for some reason right now, but you know he's uh, he he got caught using some adult language uh, through there. But it's great. I, I love hearing it in the background. I'm like, oh, what is the real trash talk that's happening as part of this? Yeah, the mics are definitely picking up uh, more than they used to. You but figured it would. Um, so let me ask you, how is this? We're switching topics here for like, sports for a second because by now. NBA and NHL will be finished. You know, they'll be getting ready for their next season, which I think starts in September or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now that this season's not going to end until 
when the next season would have started. When when would the next season start? Do they even have a plan for that? They're just trying to get through this first. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be delayed for next well, year. They, they can't do back to back. Much, but, no break. Uh, they, I don't think they have a firm plan because everyone, everyone's just trying to get through this year. And all of these sports, they want to get that playoff money. That's what it's all about. Get through the postseason. That's why baseball expanded the postseason, and that's why the Marlins miss a week's worth of games, and they're like, eh, whatever. Because the whole point of all of this is to get to the postseason and make that money. So all of these leagues, they just want to skate by as best they can through the regular season, and then they will cash in when you have the national games and World Series games that people will put eyeballs on that Fox has paid for. And it'll be the same thing with the NBA, the NHL. This is big business. There's a lot of money on the line. I think it's half a billion dollars uh, for the postseason that Major League Baseball can make. I mean, that's not jump change, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point in time with you know losing the, the fan revenue and, and things of the nature. So that that's what all of these sports are about, just get through the playoffs. I hate the expanded playoff. The expanded playoff option, not option. I don't mind it for this year. For this year, fine. But for more than half the teams to make the playoffs from sixty games, it is what it is. But if they adopt that for next year, if you're playing 162 games and 16 teams make the playoffs, it's ridiculous. You win 120 games and then you got to win a best of three series. It's crazy. You lose two games and your season's over. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous this year because some team's going to go out there and end up 40 and 20. And lose in the first round. Yeah. Because it's the nature of baseball. It's just what it is. And, and you run into, you know, Madison Bumgarner or, you know, they, that being the example of 2016, but whatever. You run into Jacob DeGrom, maybe it is, and you're in trouble. Even if you are the Dodgers and you're loaded and have this crazy lineup and all these uh, young pitchers uh, having some success. So, yeah, I, I don't want to see it 162 games because then what are you doing? Why are you playing 162? Right, There's right, no right. point to right. the regular season. You become, and I've made this comparison, you become college basketball and you become a one-month sport and your entire regular season is essentially rendered meaningless. You're just playing for seeding. And then the game itself is, is all that matters once you get into that tournament. And that's a mistake to me for baseball. You want your regular season to matter. The regular season is what is fun to me. Is that soap opera, the, the day-to-day, uh, the riding the highs and the lows, and you go through it and you get in a habit of watching your team, listening to your team multiple times per week. Like That's what's great about baseball. It's always there. And if you lose the meaning in the regular season in order to you know, just pump up this postseason, man, ain't, people aren't going to watch no, that regular season. That, that's where they make their money, too, with all the TV network money and everything else. So. Uh, yes, if they expand the playoffs to this degree permanently, big mistake. Greedy will hurt the game. Uh, but for this year, look, this year's a mess. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. You're throwing darts everywhere. Uh, whoever wins, you know, look, will it have an asterisk? It'll be the year of the pandemic and all this other stuff. It'll be part of the story. Uh, I don't think you got to asterisk it, but, you know, it's, it's going to be different. It's not your typical champion this year. You brought up, you brought up uh, Jacob DeGrom there for a second, and I want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Dugout Mugs, just like they do in the past, uh, you know, I don't know, eight episodes now. They always have a great offer for you guys, and this week is no different. This week, go to dugoutmugs.com slash DeGrom50, and you can get 50% off their special limited edition 2019 Cy Young Jacob DeGrom uh, bat mug. And if you don't know what a bat mug is, they take a bat, hollow it out, and turn it into a drinking mug. They got a whole bunch of different options on the site, but this week's promo is for this one. So normally they are $64.99. They will be half price. The uh, cart will automatically adjust at checkout. So dugoutmugs.com slash DeGrom50 for 50% off. I'm going to change my angle here so you guys can see. Uh, they got just straight up Mets ones. They have shot mugs. They have bottle openers. They got wine mugs. They got a whole bunch of stuff. So definitely check them out dugoutmugs.com and if you aren't into this Jacob DeGrom one they have a whole bunch of different options maybe you have a friend or a loved one that is not a Mets fan they have an MLB license MLBPA license and the Hall of Fame license there's a whole bunch of stuff on their site that you could check out they do great stuff great work down in Florida and um, you're probably not a Yankee fan if you're watching this but they did something <laughs> special with uh, Mariano recently 
a uh, special whole a whole set of Mariano mugs, and I think the proceeds are being donated to Mariano's foundation. They did a special live stream with him last week. So if you have any cool. interest in that, check it out. Um, dugoutmugs.com. Great friends of the show. So um, Diaz blew the save on Saturday. Not Mo Rivera. No, not I Mo. If, I don't know if he's getting a dugout mug series uh, in the future. I didn't even really think about that. I just <laughs> It was like the next thing I was thinking of in my head, like the segue from Mariano to Diaz. Clearly, uh, much different players as far as you know right now is concerned. But who knows what's going to happen in Diaz's future? Do you think? Um, I mean, Saturday, I don't think that was a bad pitch. It actually wasn't even a strike. It, it's it could have been the end of the game, and it clearly it wasn't. But um, do you think not having fans will help a guy like Diaz? Well, who, I would have thought so, right? But he still blew it. Yeah, <laughs> Saturday. But you know, what do you look? Think? If, if there were fans, uh, imagine. What that sound would have been like at City Field if he blew, after he blew the save opportunity. Imagine what that would have sounded like. Imagine him answering the questions in the locker room after the game. Yeah, it's a little different when you're doing it over Zoom. I, that was my big concern with Diaz is that you were always going to have this angst in the ballpark when he was on the mound. He was always going to get booed if he didn't get the job done in a way that would be, I mean, just everybody letting him have it. So he is spared that aspect of it, but he still has to be fighting mentally and emotionally on his own to turn this thing around and not continue to have those kinds of results. And to have that right off the bat is not not great. And then right after that, we had to be uh – the first victims, at least of this season, for our, for the Mets, of this ex, those wonky extra innings rule where you know the, a runner starts at second base, and you know I, I watched this game from New Hampshire, and um, this was my reaction afterwards. And I don't want to actually have to play this more than a couple times this year, but after some you know random <laughs> stuff happens, this was the reaction. I posted it again. La- I posted it on Sunday after that that beating here, and then last night, unfortunately. I guess people are in the same boat as this because this has like 27,000 views. Clearly, it's not as many views as um, that Cespedes clip we played. That was like millions. But I feel like there are no words sometimes. And that just the disgust of seeing what you're watching unfold in front of your eyes, that's the only reaction, reaction you could have is just shake your head and say, there goes another one, another winnable game that uh, we flushed down the toilet. That's why it feels like... Again, it's six games, and it feels like six seasons in a lot of ways, just the way that it's gone. It's almost like a football season, except you have a game every day. That's why I was talking about Stroman. I thought that was two weeks ago. Last week, yeah. I mean, it's – it's Yeah. We're, last week, we were looking forward to opening day. And now, we weren't even <laughs> sure about the extra, uh, the playoffs being expanded. Remember we were yeah. talking about that? Like, they have until tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot's that's happened that. in the past week, man. It feel, Like you said, it feels like a month. It does not feel like a week. Um but uh, they have had plenty of opportunities, and, you know, the, it's still the first week. It, it, I take it back. It's still the first week of a, of a season where they don't have time to waste. So hopefully things get back on track and these winnable games start going in our favor. But I'm never going to be a fan of this extra innings thing. Uh, hopefully this no. is li- like the playoffs. Hopefully this is not something that they bring uh, over to next season. But I think the DH is probably here to stay. I think the DH is here to stay as well. The other thing that's interesting is the double headers. They're talking about maybe changing them to seven inning games, I can't get behind that which either. is something that you see in the minor leagues, like something that the Ducks do in the uh, independent Atlantic League. Uh, but the whole idea is you're packing all these games in. A team like the Marlins, if they are to try to play 60, has to play all these double headers. The Phillies will be in a similar situation, missing four games here. So I, I get what the idea is that's why you have the expanded rosters right now with 30 but then you watch some games and it's like a pitching change every four seconds which is exactly what they were trying to avoid with the uh, reliever rule that they came up with coming into this season Uh, yeah it's just like we talked about everyone's just trying to figure it out as they go (laughs) and this sport is no exception as we've seen in a, a lot of different ways so if I had to ask you after this weekend and Monday they started canceling games and mm-hmm. we know what's going on with the Marlins and the Yankees then had to shift to play the, the Orioles. So mm-hmm. things are changing, you know, and then, like you said, they're just trying to get it in and, and see what works and what doesn't. If I had to ask you, though, um, 
if they're going to play, are they going to get through these 60 games? Yes, they will. I told you. They want that postseason money. I don't know that every team will make it through 60 games, but they will play out this season, and they will get that playoff money. I have no doubt about that. But what I think you take away from this situation with the Marlins, and you have 17 players, staff members that tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, look, you, you hope everybody ends up being okay, and we'll, we'll see how that works out, I suppose, over the, the coming weeks. But clearly, despite all the protocols that Major League Baseball has put in place, if you have even one player exposed, it can rip through a team that fast. And that's a significant outbreak. I mean, it's a little less than half their traveling party getting infected. So, you know, when that's the case, look, it's got to be a wake-up call for all these other teams. We have seen during the games, as much as players aren't supposed to high-five and hug, Cespedes hits a home run on opening day, and what's happening? Right, There's 10 right. guys there to greet him in the dugout, and everybody's in, in each other's faces, which how much can you really do? You can have the rules, and, and maybe guys pay a little bit more attention to it now. Uh, we've seen some players you know, wear masks at, uh, at first base, and, and Joe Girardi made this point, the, now managing the Phillies. Reese Hoskins is wearing a mask at first base. But if the base runner isn't, well, Reese isn't all that protected, <laughs> if that's the case. So you know, maybe get the base runners to, to have the masks and things of that nature. Whatever can possibly help. But, yeah, and this thing can really knock a team out in a short period of time. This is all the, the course of a week. Jorge Alfaro tested positive, I believe, Friday. And here we are as of yesterday, Wednesday. He was the first of 17 to test positive. Well, who was on the, on the national? Soto? G, uh, yes, uh, Soto tested positive. Was he positive. the only one? Juan Soto. He was the only national. Now, it hasn't broken out uh, on a I lot of these he, other teams, to be fair, where you have had one-offs, right? Uh, DJ LeMayo or Oldest Chapman for the Yankees. I'm not sure that they were actually with the team. They might have tested positive when they were coming in. I, I guess Chapman was around the team for a little while. Uh, but, yeah, Freeman. I mean, there are some cases where, yeah, it's just one guy. Uh, the Reds seem to have a little bit happening there where Matt Davidson tested positive, and then Mike Moustakis ended up on the injured list when he wasn't feeling well. And Nick Senzel was another guy who wasn't feeling well and so didn't play for a given day. And I, I'm not sure exactly what happened beyond that if, if they tested positive but uh, you've had some small outbreaks but again other sports are living in a bubble where guys don't have to travel together I mean, you get on a plane you have everybody on the team locked in for at least a couple of hours yeah uh, they're trying to spread out the buses and bus where they yeah, can. Mets took and six have buses to Boston yeah look it's It'll smart like too probably it's smart but look you end up on a bus with the wrong guy and you can still have what a sixth of the traveling party potentially gets sick or something along those lines. So it's you could do a lot is kind of my point, but it's hard to be perfect. And I think the Marlins have shown just how quickly it can spread through a a given team. I mean, to think that's going to be the last time that a team deals with an outbreak like that when it happens the first week of the season. Right, right. And come on, that's that's foolish. And I don't think it's any coincidence that it is the team from Miami. The hot spot. We've talked about this in recent weeks. Like you want to help the Mets win, do you, what you can to not spread the virus. Right? We we keep the virus numbers down in New York. That'll be good for the Mets, for the Yankees, for their players, for the collective good. Right? Whatever motivates you, I don't care. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of these other spots where players are going home, where they are in a house with their families, and and you have more people doing different things. If you are in a city like Miami or Houston that have become hotspots, then look, it's going to be harder to keep outbreaks from occurring on those teams. So I put up a poll on the Seven Lines uh, Twitter account a couple of days ago asking the fans that wanted to vote on this. Uh, with all the latest news, do you think MLB will finish this season? And uh, over 3,000 votes and 73% said no, 26.9 uh, yes. I guess we'll see. Um, they didn't even blink this week. No. They didn't blink. You had a team with 17 positives and nobody blinked. I'll tell you. The but do you think if it wasn't the Marlins, if it was a team with uh, some yeah, superstars on it? Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a different situation or, or right. a team in New York. I, I will say the other thing that maybe does submarine this season and, and would become more difficult for Major League Baseball to defend, the Marlins are around bus drivers, pilots, people working at the hotel. If those people test positive 
maybe get really sick and they say, well, I was exposed by being around the Marlins. How does Major League Baseball defend that? Right. And that's when you get the politicians involved as well saying, hey, I got to protect my people in Philadelphia. If I'm the mayor of Philadelphia, the governor of Pennsylvania, right, maybe I'd say, I don't want the Marlins, the Rays coming into my state. And that's the kind of thing that could cause more issues. Now, even Andrew Cuomo, the, the New York governor, talked about um, maybe creating a bubble in New York and having all the teams play in New York. You have the minor league teams, and we've done a, a better job a lot of places stamping out the virus at this point. Um, still, there's a lot of things that could potentially happen here. But that that's the one thing to me that I think Major League Baseball have a harder time because the athletes generally are able to recover. They're younger. But if you start having – other more at-risk people around the players who aren't millionaires and they're getting sick, that becomes a much different situation. Yeah, you brought up the the government approval. Um, Soto, I read uh, yesterday or heard on the radio, he tested negative five straight times, but the D.C. local officials or whatever have to— He tested negative five times, but we don't know if they were consecutive. He needs to test negative two in a row, row, which apparently did not happen. Okay. So— I don't know if the tests are inconclusive or if he is testing negative and then positive and then negative and then positive and he's just waiting to get the two negatives in a row. Like everything else, six feet of social distancing is kind of a made-up number, right? We're all just kind of guesstimating what's the way to do it. I'm not sure that there's hard science behind that. It's just this is a good distance to to keep it relatively safe it's not like if you're within five feet you're in terrible danger and seven feet you're totally in the clear you know so two negative tests in a row i mean what does that mean that means he's nothing he's totally good that's the best you could do i guess right right? right. when you do have some false positives and false negatives i don't i don't want to play epidemiologist here i've been really trying not to over the the last few months because plenty of sportscasters are throwing a lot of nonsense at the wall and getting themselves attention with something they don't know shit about. Uh, I don't want to do that. But, yeah, look, everyone's just trying to do the best they can and <laughs> I can't, like, kind of make it up as you go and, and try to keep everybody safe. So if you didn't hear the news yesterday, kind of out of nowhere, but it's I feel like he's already been retired. Uh, Jose Reyes officially announced that uh, he is retiring from baseball. The Mets put out a press release. How long ago did he last play now? Two years, 18. So, like, 18. Uh, when Wright had his last games, that That's was right. Reyes' last game. So, they basically retired at the same time. Yeah. Um, but officially, I guess yesterday, he wrote a, a post on uh, his social media channels, platforms, whatever, saying that, you know, he's retiring and he's thanking his family, his Mets fans. And, you know, we, he really wanted to get that ring here. It didn't happen, yada, yada, so on and so forth. So, the Mets put out a press release. And then last night, even though there were no fans in attendance, they uh, did one of the video montages for who? They did the montage for, like, the beat and for the players that were there. Oh, I'm sure they put it up on their Twitter. No, they didn't. Oh. Uh, Disha, who works for – who does she work for? Uh, the Daily yeah. News put it on her Twitter account. Uh, huh. The Mets showed this Jose Reyes highlight reel in between the innings. Since you guys couldn't be here for it, you're welcome. Uh, so I think that's a little – strange right it's all been weird i got such a kick out of watching the opening day introductions in a lot of the ballparks because the guys don't know how to react and they're just there they get announced and then it's silence (laughs) the first couple of guys i was was watching the dodgers get announced at the dodger stadium and they're like laughing to themselves and you know some of the guys are kind of playing it up and tipping their cap or whatever but uh it's it's crazy. It's weird. I would like to have strange. control of that board. I will. I'd like to <laughs> sit in there and push the buttons for like the cheering or whatever, because they should totally have a boo track. Uh, <laughs> they, they should, right? They should have a like a boo. Maybe not over the top, and maybe save it for every once in a while. But you do it in fun spots, right? Yeah. Like Chipper Jones, for example. If he comes to City Field, you should have that boo button ready, right? Chase right. Utley. I, I don't know if there's a villain to that degree where everyone would be in agreement that, oh, yeah, they'd be booed at yeah. City Field yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. But that – and where it's, like, good nature. Like, someone like Chipper would laugh at it. Chase probably wouldn't. <laughs> but, That's what uh, I was thinking. It's got to be – got to be selective on who you want to do, <laughs> do that with. But the boo button would be great. I think they should totally add that. Uh, Just follow the Astros around all year with that boo button. That'll, that'll work. Maybe better than throwing fastballs uh, behind their heads, but yeah, 
Probably, but I think the boo button would be a great addition. I think that they should do that. And, you know, they've had fun with it. I, who's, what's the ballpark that does the organist? Uh, is it uh, Atlanta. Atlanta? So he'll play, like, funny songs yeah. and things like that. He kind of, like, not really poking the bear a little bit, but, it, you know. I used to do Duda, Duda for Lucas when he would go in there, and he has little ways of yeah running puns off guys' names right, right, or whatever right, right, it might right, right. be. And he, he's a good follow on Twitter if you want to – get into his mind and how he comes up with these things yeah but uh, i think that would be great uh, Mets, uh if you're listening the boo button you got to add it maybe they're not even allowed you think like the the league tells them they got to stay within certain boundaries because they're they're I think they're using the sound straight from mlb the show the video game yeah is what they were given like the the audio track i imagine the teams weren't given the the option to to throw booze in there but like i they say, should like i say if you're the mets and you have that perfect villain. I, I, again, I don't know who that would be right now, but in Utley or a Chipper, like, that would be great. That would be fun. Again, yeah, Chipper yeah. would love it. He'd probably step out of the box and start laughing. Like, you'd have that little He's moment. got his big – I don't know if we talked about it here last week, but uh, opening day, he had his his, uh, his cutout in the stands. Him yeah. and his kid Shea are sitting down the right <laughs> field line, uh, which I like that. Like, my, my buddy Brian – uh, shout out to Shu. He hit me up. He said, hey, what do you think of this? And I said, I actually don't even hate it. For some reason, I don't hate it. I'll tell you what. People have asked me, you know, who's your favorite favorite person you've interviewed? And it's easy to talk about, like, Mike Piazza or David Wright and, and some guys that I cared about when I was younger. Uh, yeah, get the opportunity to do that. My favorite interview by far is Chipper Jones. He was great. We had him on the show uh, when I was at WOR, game, before Game 5 against the Dodgers of the Division Series. So he was rooting for the Mets because of Jacob deGrom. They're from, if not the same hometown, like the very same area of, uh, of Miami. And you know, he said, let's go Mets. And I called him Larry for like half the interview, and he was cool with that. And it rolled off his bag. He told some cool stories about you know, playing at Shea Stadium and uh, being in that game after 9-11, and now he has some of the sh shell casings from the 21-gun salute oh, wow. that they did because uh, he was out in left field and, and they were out there. So uh, he has some of those. And, and just the way that he embraced being the villain for a while, but then he was cheered at the end or booed in a fun way, right? He kind of became like the fun villain as it all went along. But he was uh, a great sport in the interview. I had some fun with it, told some great stories, get great analysis of the Chase Utley play and uh -huh. hurting Ruben Tejada, where Chipper, when he played third base and they had the shift on against Ryan Howard, a lot of times Chase Utley would be at first base and Chipper would have to come across the bag on the double play. And he said, you were always aware when Chase Utley was coming down the line because I mean, he's known to – be a dirty player to, right, to right, go right. at you a little bit. He didn't call him a dirty player, but he you know, inferred as much. And rough. And it's just great analysis of the moment of, of what was happening. So, like, like I said, I, I, you wouldn't think that it's the guy that you grew up hating or, or whatever, but he's he's fun and he has good analysis, and I'm sure he'll figure it out and and be uh, a nice addition there at espn but yeah the mets certainly aren't putting a john rocker uh cut out <laughs> in the stands here at city field no. you know chase chase isn't getting one either you know? yeah. so, that's a little difference with uh with larry there yeah uh john rocker somebody we throwing batteries batteries at him from the right field line um anyway guys uh share the show if you want to be in the running for this cool stuff from Coors Light. again if you missed the beginning of the show each week we give away a whole bunch of free stuff. So this week is from Coors Light. Uh, you can share the show if you're watching on Facebook, retweet if you're watching on Twitter, or simply go on to this video once it goes up as a replay on our Instagram feed and just type in, I want free Coors Light Met stuff. We have koozies, we have t-shirts, we have flags, we have hats, we have a whole bunch of stuff. Also, pint glasses that I didn't bring here because I didn't want them to break while I'm driving this, <laughs> this mobile truck studio down the <laughs> long Island expressway so a uh, whole bunch of cool stuff and definitely go to uh, get.coreslight.com to pick up some Coors Light and have it delivered right to your house wherever you may live um so pete have you seen in the news uh this thing about seeds being mailed to people's houses seeds no like poison seeds what you haven't seen this yeah, another thing to worry about Dan? yeah I'm, i haven't gotten any seeds mailed to my house uh but you haven't seen it? Right, let me look it no. up. Something with seeds. I think they're coming from China, and they are some kind of seeds that people are opening up, these mystery packages. Here we go. Uh, if 
you received a mysterious package of seeds in the mail lately, don't plant them. Well, no shit. Who would open up a package and then just plant some seeds? I've read fairy tales. I know better. States uh, are being warned, people, uh, about suspicious packages. So uh, if you see these seeds in the mail, don't eat them and uh, don't plant them either. Crazy times we're living in. It's an um, important PSA to get out there. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, Pete, don't eat the seeds. So, the uh, you know. Are you going to be living anywhere near the beach? No. No, you're not. No, we're like in the middle of the state, going Queensboro to Greensboro. So it's like central oh, no, the college, North Carolina, town, I suppose. Right? Yeah, they have the ACC tournament there. Uh, I believe NCA&T is the college that is there. I'm learning as I go. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be right in the middle of the state. That way, yeah, if I pick up work in Charlotte, I could do that. If I pick up work in Raleigh-Durham, I could drive to that and then – Maybe we'll settle somewhere. Maybe we won't. So we'll see how it goes. But that's that's the plan for now. It might be a two-month vacation and just be in a different spot at the yard for uh, my one-year-old Maeve to run around a little bit. Or, uh, you know, again, we're, we're just kind of flying by night like everybody else, uh, throwing it against the wall, as I've said about 14 times now on this show. There's a bar down there. If you ever happen to uh, be – where is this? Wilmington, North Carolina? Are you going to be near there at all? No, but that would be the beach. That well, would be a place that I'm sure we'll try to get to for a weekend or something. Check out. Look at that. Look at that flag right there. Goat and compass. Okay. They got a Mets, our flag, hanging out ah. in the front, the Salon Army flag. So it's a Mets. Uh, it's owned by a Mets fan. I wouldn't say it's a Mets bar, but goat and compass, a little plug for you guys. If you happen to be in the area, you should pop in. Yeah. No, uh, oh, You threw out on Twitter cool. that I was going to be moving down to North Carolina and a couple of uh, North Carolina Mets fans uh, reached out and said they enjoy it down there, so it made me feel a little better about it. And oh, we'll have some Mets fans in the area, so looking forward to that. Absolutely, I'm going to miss you, man. And it's been it's been fun this past year and a half, even though we took a little bit of a break here in between with all that's been going on in the world. But the seat is yours if you happen to come back. Uh, you know, I'm not going to ever see uh, um, Almost Famous. I, I the movie Almost Famous. That. So the girl, the, the sister in the beginning, she's like, I'm going to move and be a stewardess and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And, and she's driving down the road, and the mom goes, she'll be back. But I don't know if anyone's saying that about, about you right now. But if you do come back, yeah. uh, you know, season five uh, premiere, we'll, uh, we'll be back in the saddle together. But I'm, uh, I'm happy for you. I think it uh, you know, makes all the sense in the world. And um, I hope everything works out for you guys and, you know. Work, work starts banging down your door. and Yeah. Well, look, I, I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to, to hang here, to be able to have a beer and uh, continue talking about the Mets after, uh, you know, the Mets changed radio stations out at WOR. So this has been phenomenal to, to continue to have the rapport with Mets fans and, and use the, the great platform that you have built here. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun and, and getting a, an idea of how you operate and how you operate this business has been uh, you know great to see up front and uh, you know I think Mets fans know but they're they're in good hands and uh, you know it's been uh, it's been great. Thanks, Pete. So um, I guess that's going to be end of this week. Uh, not to end on like I feel like it's a, almost like a somber note, but it's not. It should be celebrated. You guys are making moves, and uh, it's great for the family, and, and, and uh, I, I only wish the best for you guys. So uh, catch next week. I don't know what day or time, but Orange Luthay will be back next week. Again, share the show if you're listening afterwards on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Please rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Get involved in our share contest. Shout-out to Coors Light. Shout-out to uh, Dugout Mugs. Thank you for your uh, support each and every week. Hopefully the Mets get back on track because each week that clicks off, that's another 10% (laughs) in the books. So uh, hopefully uh, we have some good stuff to talk about next week. And uh, these uh, heartbreaking losses end up in our favor with some more uh, victories. So thank you, Mets fans. Thank you, Pete. Good luck on everything. And uh, we'll see you, Mets fans, next week. See you guys.